Pittsburgh Steeler fans, and it's time once again to get ready for another Pittsburgh Steelers gridiron game, and it's coming up on the left coast against the Los Angeles Chargers, a place where the Steelers have not been awesome over the last few years, and we are going to talk about what the Steelers need to do to win this ball game and what is lurking on the other side when it comes to the Chargers charge. With me alongside is my good friend, KT Smith, the coach. Kevin, what is going on, my man? Brian, how are you, man? Uh, I, I'm glad you survived the rain and the, and the tie at Heinz Field last week. You know what? I actually enjoyed myself at the game. I, I was entertained during that football game. It was just the rain was so cold. It was a constant drizzle. But I got a chance to take my nephew there for his birthday. He turns 15. He's a huge Steelers fan. And his birthday is actually during the Chargers game coming up on Sunday. And I said, look, I'm not taking L.A., but I could take you to Steel City and we'll have more fun there. And he was like, all right. And I also said, plus, they have a better chance of beating the Lions. And he didn't get to see that. But what are you going to do? He still had a good time. Yeah. I mean, if I were 15 years old, I wouldn't turn down any opportunity to go see a live Steelers game, especially with my uncle. And that sounds great. Yeah, that's our second game together. Uh, first time we saw the Kansas City Chiefs and it was week two. And I'm like, ah, they'll have no problem with this young quarterback. They'll knock this Mahomes guy around. And uh, that didn't happen. Six touchdowns later. I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like a whiplash game. That was one of those games where you just cut your your neck was like whipping back and forth, watching the walls fly down the screen. I remember that game well. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. So, with that being said, let's get into the Steelers. But before we do that, we have got to talk about high school football and your team, the Ocean City Red Raiders, getting ready to go into the sectional championship game tomorrow night. I'm really excited for you, KT. Oh, thanks, Brian. Uh, it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. It's been a pretty cool journey, and uh, our kids are excited, and we're playing kind of like a, a legendary, you know, sort of South Jersey team, Millville High School. They're the uh, the alma mater, Mike Trout, and um, you know their head coach Dennis Thomas is a great coach. He coached uh, Jonathan Taylor when Jonathan Taylor was in high school, and they've got a bunch of D1 kids and. So they're, they're clearly the favorite and they're kind of like a, a big name program. Number one, top, top ranked team in the uh, public school in the state. Um, but man, you know, we got just hardworking kids who are, they just like love football and they love playing together and they're fundamentally sound and they're easy to coach. And I mean, it's just, uh, I, I, was, I was thinking as, as, as I was going through practice this week, I was thinking a little bit about like our guys and the Steelers, and I, and I clearly don't mean this as a literal comparison because obviously I'm talking about 17-year-old kids versus professionals, but but I, one of these reporters asked me, you know, like what, what's been the key to your success this year? And um, I just said, you know, blocking and tackling. I just think that we're really good at it. Um, and that we work hard at it every day in practice and, you know, we just we emphasize it, et cetera. And like when I think back on that Steelers-Lions game, man, uh, this, the blocking and tackling is just such an issue for the Steelers right now. I mean, people love to talk about schemes because schemes are really interesting and, and schemes feel obvious. You know, you, you look and you see, you know, they run a certain play and everybody's like, why well, didn't they run this other play? Um, but so often the issue is not the scheme. The issue is the blocking and tackling. And until the Steelers get better from just a purely fundamental standpoint, they're going to continue 
to struggle. So, I mean, that's like when I think about us tomorrow night or when I think about the Steelers on Sunday night, I think it's, it's going to come down to blocking and tackling. And, and uh, you know, tightening that up is going to be a key for Pittsburgh moving forward. Well, you know, I can't argue with that at all, and that's awesome. So thanks for, uh, thanks for making that comparison because when it comes down to it, whether it's high school, college, peewee or pros you know it comes down to fundamentals sometimes and sometimes it uh it comes down to coaching so what you do is absolutely amazing and i i love to hear you saying it you know right now on the offensive line the steelers are struggling i thought they looked a little bit better in this game against the detroit lions but you know it's really weird because i'm having a hard time i was having a hard time at the game trying to figure out things by watching this game because I didn't have the luxury of the TV giving me different angles. I had one angle. So with that being said, I thought they played a little bit better. They had another hundred yard rushing game. They had another one out of Najee Harris as well. So that's great news. So really I I am going to be uh, trying to watch that game on YouTube as well. And I wish you all the luck in the world. At the same time, I want to wish, Luck to my Richland Rams from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. They are in the D6 2A championship game against a great rival for many years, the Forest Hills Rangers. And the, uh, it's funny because the uh, head coach, Brandon Bailey, who actually played at UConn before they were Division One, but he was the quarterback and his dad was a legendary coach of the Forest Hills Rangers. So this is going to be a really fun game to watch as well so i i really can't wait for the deep to hear about the d6 two-way championship as well so we're we're rooting for the uh raiders and the rams tomorrow it looks like yeah that's awesome six two stack monster that's what they play in johnstown right oh yeah all the right moves (laughs) if you don't know all the right moves yeah i mean i have i would love to sit down and watch that movie with you because i could tell you everywhere they're going and you know i was there right yeah, yeah, that's such a that's such an awesome uh, sort of memory or, or or sort of association to be able to make in your life. Yeah, eleven years old. They gave you free hot dogs. They opened up the concession stand, free hot chocolate. There, it's programs for the game. It, it, it was just an amazing thing, and they took two local high schools and they put them they put them into uh, band uniforms, and then they took all of the standouts from the area. From each high school, because there's a lot of high schools in the Johnstown area. There's over 35. And so they took standouts from those teams and let them play in that game. And they all got to play. And and, uh, an employee of my father's at the time was uh, he was a senior in high school and got to play. You could see him every single game in the uh, in the locker room as well. He's number 73. So it was it was such a great thing to watch as he was an Ampipe Bulldog as well. So what an amazing thing. But they they show you going down the hill to go to this game when they actually should be going up the hill. And the locker room is 15 minutes away from <laughs> the stadium. But only if you're from Johnstown, you know that. But I have seen that movie so many times. One of my all-time favorites. And so at the end, when it was all said and done, when filming was done, they let everybody play a game. And that was really cool, too. That's awesome. You know, you got to take some creative liberties when you're making those movies. You know, they they they, they shot, uh, remember the Titans, which I'm sure everybody has seen. And there's a scene there where, where, the, where the coach takes the, 
the team to training camp at Gettysburg College. Yep. And I went I went to Gettysburg College. And that is not Gettysburg College. You know, we were all so disappointed. <laughs> we were like, that's not good. We thought we were going to see like our field, you know, like in our, 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 our dorms and stuff. And we were like, that's not Gettysburg. And you know what? That's such a wonderful movie. But I they took too many Disney liberties with that with that movie that kind of bothered me a little bit because, you know, Gary Bertier, one of the uh, he played in the championship game. Yeah. And his accident did not happen until the awards banquet. And so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, I know you're, you're filming it to, to make it uh, palatable and make it exciting. But I think they blew in that championship game, they blew them out like 35, nothing. And they had to come back to win in in the real game. So I, I take exception to that. My wife's just like, shut up. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what my wife would say. <laughs> but I'm also the guy that if I'm watching a show about the eighties and they're set in 1985 and they play a song from 1988, I, I go crazy. And she's like, we just be quiet and let me enjoy this. I'm like, well, it's just not, it's just not right. It's not historically right, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I, I should know better than to share some of those things publicly. Cause my wife doesn't care. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on to the Steelers. I am really excited for this game. And, you know, a lot of people are, are pessimistic because they're going out to the West Coast and they do not do well on the West Coast. But and we, we do talk about that on the Steelers preview. So make sure you download that from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And we go through uh, the circumstances that surrounded all of those games. So that's something that we put together. And a lot of people say we don't plan on these shows. Yeah, we, we do planning from time to time. So, <laughs> so there you go. But. Yeah, they they typically in Mike Tomlin's era, even in Big Ben's era, they don't do well there. I was there in 2005, the magical Super Bowl season, and I saw a game in San Diego. Chargers, Steelers, first game in in gosh, nine years on Monday Night Football for the Chargers at home. And Schwarzenegger was the new governor. He was in the building. They had they had uh, the military there for a flyover and that's back in the, uh, are you ready for some football days? And what happened was they gave out these white little washcloths that had the Pepsi logo and the chargers logo that said hundred percent chance of lightning. So <laughs> this woman comes out and says, <laughs> it's really funny. She's like, all right. So the drill sergeant will come out and he'll say, are you ready? And you all say ready. And then we're going to go ahead and wave our white towels. And I'm like, first of all, lady, if you're <laughs> waving a white towel, that's not good. You know? Yeah. And so the Steeler fans whipped out the terrible towels. There's probably about 75% Steeler fans and started the, here we go. Steelers. Here we go. Chant. And then she says it in the microphone and hey, come on guys we're in san diego and so the chant got louder i just watched this on youtube recently well not her part because that wasn't on but when they after the flyover that they do they show all the terrible towels going crazy so that's just an absolute awesome thing so i love it yeah. And that just nobody shows. travels like Steelers fans. Yep, that just shows. And so this woman was there, and 
the traffic was so bad going out and and I wanted to talk to people in Steeler jerseys. And this woman was sitting there and I asked where she was from originally. And she goes, well, I live in California, but I'm from Johnstown, PA. And I'm like, oh, no kidding. I'm from Johnstown. Where'd you go to high school? And she said, Richland High School. I'm like, no kidding. I'm from Richland. She goes, no, you're not. And my husband's right over there. I'm like, well, I'd like to meet your husband because I started talking about teachers in Richland and we were 10 years apart, but she's like, oh, you really are from Richland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not hitting on you. I'm just, I'm killing some time. But yeah. I have other fun stories about that game, but I don't want to take away from the matchup this week. And the matchup is very interesting because the Steelers had a lot of advantages over the Lions last week when we did the stat rankings. The Chargers have a lot of a lot of advantages over the Steelers this week, especially on offense. But it's we don't know what kind of Steeler personnel is going to be there, especially on offense. We assume that Ben might be back and ready, but they're preparing with Mason Rudolph. We've also seen Doug Hodges and Benny Snell go in there and take a win. So there's so many things that can happen. You know, I mean, would you agree, Kevin, that we just can't predict the NFL anymore? Somebody on the site posted a comment. I wish I could remember who the poster was so I could give them credit. But they, they, they said something. Their comment was the Steelers just lost or the Steelers just tied the Lions at home in a game that they had every, you know, we had every reason in the world to believe that they would win. And now they're going to go out to the West Coast where they traditionally play terribly and play a Chargers team who is so much better than Detroit. So in the Mike Tomlin era, it only makes sense that the Steelers will win. And I kind of feel that way. You know, like I kind of feel like, you know, under Tomlin, especially the, in, in some ways this year, the Steelers have won games that you don't expect them to, lost games that you expect them to win. Um, hard to hard to figure out. Yeah. And then this week, I mean, I, who knows? I don't know. Uh, our, our, our guards, what's the situation with our guards? What's the situation with our, you know, some of our guys on defense, who's playing where it's just, it's hard right now to know, but it's, it's hard on us to know, but it's also hard on LA to prepare. So that that's, that's the other element of it is just that like, if you're the Chargers, what are you going to get from Pittsburgh? Uh, coaches hate, hate uncertainty. And so while the Steelers may be out of talent disadvantage, um, they also may be able to do some things that LA's not prepared for. That's absolutely correct. And another thing to look at there is, yeah, you don't know who's going to be there. One, a former Charger probably going to be there, and that's going to be Trey Turner. He uh, went ahead and practiced on Thursday. It looks like that he's going to be okay to go. You just don't know what you're looking at with Joe Hayden. TJ Watt did not practice the Wednesday and Thursday, neither did Joe Hayden. Um, the only thing you know is it looks like Kevin Dotson is out. And that's the big possibility as well. So we will just we'll just see what happens there. Um, but with that being said, we know Mink is probably not going to play. We know with Ben that he has to pass two tests. So we'll see what happens there. And we still don't know exactly. I mean, there's a lot of thought that Joey Bosa and Jerry Tillery will play because as the coach came out and said, you know, they're close contacts, so they should probably be ready to go. But with that, 
you still don't know. And you don't know what's going to pop up on Saturday. Like last week on Saturday, I got ready to uh, pick up my nephew and I was telling him, I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. We'll get to see Ben play and maybe for the last time. And then next thing you know, we're not seeing Ben. <laughs> so um, that just changed at 7 p.m. that night. So yeah. you, you know, never know. One of the, well, sorry. Well, one of the interesting things about that is, uh, you know, I've been, I've, I've been kind of kicking around in my head all week, like the game plan last week. Why did they have Mason Rudolph in the rain, missing two of the Steelers' best receivers, throw the football 50 times? And, you know, I kind of heard an explanation that I may, I'm not sure if I agree with it or not, but it, it does make some sense. And that explanation was this, that Roethlisberger's uh, test came so late in the week that the Steelers game plan had already been implemented. Uh, and basically that the game plan is going to be to throw the ball. They probably saw Detroit's defense as an opportunity to work on some things in the passing game that maybe they were looking at as things that they would need down the road. I mean, coaches do that. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll look at, they'll say, all right, we've got a little bit of a weaker opponent this week. We feel pretty good about the things we know we can do. Two weeks down the road, we're going to need to be able to do A, B, and C a little bit better than we are right now. So let's work on A, B, a, B and C a little bit this week against this opponent in preparation for you know two weeks down the road. That's not an uncommon thing to do. Maybe the plan was to you know air it out and, and work on the passing game with Roethlisberger, and then he gets banged out at the last second. And that's the plan, and they and they run that plan with Rudolph. I, I don't know. It that's an explanation that I'd heard, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to ask Mason Rudolph to do Ben Roethlisberger things. Um, so that's why I'm really curious about this week. Like, well, who are we planning for at quarterback this week? Is it a Mason Rudolph game plan or is it a Ben Roethlisberger game plan? Because it doesn't seem as though the Steelers are were willing at least last week to sort of like adjust or go from one to the other. So I'm very curious about uh, how, how the Steelers attack the Chargers this week. Well, let me ask you this, Kevin. And as a coach, say that you're anticipating having to play your backup quarterback this week. And you're going to game plan probably around his strengths. Now, I know it's different in pros, and I, I understand that. But you're going to play with his strengths with the possibility that there might be a slim possibility that your starter is able to come back and say, you find out on Friday morning, he's okay to play. You probably have more confidence in him coming and adjusting to the game plan that you put together for your backup quarterback than the backup quarterback for coming in and playing for your starter. So what Mike Tomlin said at the press conference this week was we are going to prepare for Mason play to his strengths. And if Ben comes back, he can adjust basically that's not his words, but that's I'm paraphrasing. What do you think about that? Well, I think if I'm Mike Tomlin uh, and if I, if I'm Matt Canada, I'm, I'm loading up on the run game in preparation for Mason Rudolph because LA is not a great run defense. I was I was at the, the uh, Eagles Chargers game two weeks ago in, in Philadelphia, and one of the, you were talking about not having the benefit of replay when you're when you're at a game live, and I agree with that. But one of the things I love about it is you get to see like substitutions coming in off the sideline really really clearly. True. You get to see 
you get to see routes develop like way earlier than you, than you see them on. Like you can see a guy coming open, like, and you're like, Oh man, the digs wide open. You know, you can see that happening live uh, because you have this perspective that you don't get on TV. Yeah. And uh, I'm in, I'm in the end zone. And so it's like watching an all 22. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. And it's really cool to see it live. But the one thing I noticed live when I was watching the Eagles and the chargers was Philly loaded up on, on their heavy stuff on offense. They went with a lot of, eight-man blocking surfaces where they went six offensive linemen and two tight ends, uh, and they hammered the ball at, at L.A. L.A. ended up winning that game on a last-second field goal, but the Eagles did what they needed to do in the run game to control the clock and keep the ball away from Justin Herbert as much as they could. And, and, but, but they were so much bigger than L.A., uh, physically bigger, and they were physically tougher. You could just see it up front, you know? So if I'm the Steelers – that's the plan. I mean, I know the Steelers are not like a, a road grader type offense, but they've got some good tight ends. They got three healthy ones right now. They're down two receivers. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm Matt Canada, the plan this week is make heavy use of my 12 personnel, uh, run the football, you know, get, give Rudolph some play action opportunities off of it and some, and some of the things that he does fairly well off of that. But that's got to be plan A. And then if Ben's fine, why can't that? be the plan with Ben as well you know I mean that that was the plan going into the season like we're going to run the football and alleviate some of the pressure on Ben Roethlisberger why can't that be the plan uh for both quarterbacks with the obvious you know adjustment that if Ben does come into the game that you have an expanded passing attack uh I don't I don't know I don't understand why it has to be a or b and it can't just be like a one you know a and a one so it sounds like what you're saying to me is that Najee Harris is the key to the offense and maybe the offensive line too this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And the tight ends, you know, I, I think that the Steelers did a great job integrating the tight ends uh, and uh, increasing their role throughout the month of October. We, we saw them play a huge role in Cleveland uh, and then they kind of disappeared last week. I mean, Friar Muth was targeted, uh, you know, a, a few times and had a couple of TV catches, which was great, but they didn't target Zach Gentry once. Uh, they threw the ball to, to Kevin Rader one time on, for like a one-yard gain or something like that. So they sort of disappeared from the game plan. And um, I'd like to see them come back. I, I think that the Steelers could be a really good 12-personnel offense, especially when, with them you know, being banged up at receiver. Absolutely. So now that we talked about who's important on the offense, we didn't want to know who's to be feared on the Los Angeles Charger defense. We're going to do that right after this message here on, here we go, the Steelers pregame show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers pregame show. I am Brian Anthony Davis getting ready for this game, Sunday night football, football night in America. And I'm here with Kevin Smith, the coach. Kevin, how are you, my friend? 
Doing excellent. Anticipating Sunday night football. I love Sunday night football. I I don't know. I don't know why Monday night football I don't like because I feel like I'm always so tired for work on Tuesday. But for some reason, Sunday night football feels like a great way to end my weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I just uh I get so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're producing the post-game show and you're doing all that, you're like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> so the yeah. next day's tough. But I, I get you. It's it's nice to be showcased. And yeah, when, I, sure. when I was a kid, I loved these type of games so much. But now that I'm older and working, <laughs> it's like, I mean, you can make it through a school day when you're a kid and you can sneak out of the room. And when you're in high school, they give, my parents gave me a lot more leeway but uh, to watch these games. But, oh, gosh, I get I get so, so tired now. But it's really cool to be on foot night, football night in America. So let's talk about this. We already talked about the possibility of Joey Bosa not playing. It looks like at this point he's going to. Is he the most feared guy on that team, or is it a guy like Derwin James? Or am I missing somebody, Kevin? Well, I mean, I would. I, I'm concerned with Bosa just because he's a he's such a disruptor. Uh, you never know when the strip sack is coming, and that can change a game at any at any point. That said, man, Derwin James is a phenomenal football player. He is so much fun to watch. Not so much, I guess, when he's when he's playing defense against the Steelers, but he is just uh, you know talk, talk about a dude who like you know runs around with his hair on fire out there. I mean, he he plays with a passion and a purpose, and he hits, but he's also you know, fluid so he can, so he can play coverage and he's a good tackler. He's not just a guy who's always trying to like knock you out with a shoulder. So he's fundamentally sound and he's a great leader. You know, I mean, you, you watch him and he's always, uh, he's always talking to his teammates on the field and he's a guy I just, I just admire as a, as a football player, not, you know, not necessarily as an opponent, but as a, as a football player in general. So they've got two studs obviously in in those two players the rest of the defense you know is is uh not not very well known you know we could kind of roll through their their starters and there's a lot of names that you're not going to that you're not going to recognize so i mean it's it's two big stars and then a lot of guys who plug away all right so let's go ahead and take a look at this offense my gosh there's a lot of studs on this offense and if we look at the chargers offense they rank 10th in total yards 21st running the football, but passing seventh in the NFL and points per game at 24.3, it's 15. So the studs I'm talking about, they are definitely, well, you know, Mr. Justin Herbert is one of them. The other ones, Keenan Allen, (laughs) don't line up a linebacker against this guy, please. And (laughs) Mike Williams is tough. Austin Eckler's tough. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team that could kill you. Who are you concerned about the most? I'm, I'm honestly, I well, first of all, you got it. Her, I, I did a breakdown of Herbert on, on the, that ran on the site today. I love that kid as, as a player. I was so impressed with him against Philly. And again, to watch it live and just be able to see how quick his decision-making was and how poised he was. I mean, there was a drive where the Eagles punted LA down to the one yard line. And the Philly fans were going bananas. I mean, it was loud in that stadium coming out of the end zone from the one. And he had a third and seven snap where Philly was like walked up to the line, showing blitz, the crowds roaring. The Eagles are jumping around in the secondary, you know, showing one look after another, disguising everything they're trying to do. The play clock's ticking down. The more the clock ticks down, the louder the crowd gets. 
And man, Herbert just stood back there calm as could be diagnosed everything, snapped the ball with one second left on the play clock when the defense couldn't move around anymore, perfectly diagnosed the off coverage to the far side of the field, and then threw a dropout route, like a laser, all the way across from the far hash, all the way across the field to the boundary, and put it right on the money for a first down. L.A. Went, wound up driving 98 yards all the way down the field uh, in, that, in that drive. And I was just so impressed with like his presence. And I thought to myself, this kid's 23 years old. You know, and he, this kid's 23 years old and he already knows how to handle, you know, all the intangibles that, that make a quarterback great. So he's obviously a big deal. And, and as a Steeler fan, I don't even want to talk about Keenan Allen, but the, but the guys I will talk about real quick are, are those tight ends. Uh, uh, they got three really good tight ends. Uh, Jerry Cook, uh, who's been around for a long time, but it's just like kind of the savvy veteran Donald Parham, who's six foot eight and can move. He's a matchup nightmare uh, and a kid named Steven Anderson who's a good player too they were target against the Eagles they targeted the tight ends 11 times and they had 11 completions and two touchdowns and Philadelphia could not cover their tight ends so with Mika Fitzpatrick out with the steel with Devin Bush just looking like he's not back from his ACL injury and him struggling in pass coverage and maybe Roberts Blaine having to take some of his reps this week I really worry about how the Steelers are going to cover the tight ends all right. Yeah, that's a worry as well. The Steelers, when you look at them on offense, passing is their best category, and they rank 17th there. Uh, running the ball, 26 points per game, 26. 19.7 points per game, but ranking 26th in total yards, 24. When you look at the Chargers' defense, we already talked about their offense. They rank 32nd against the run and 4th against the pass. So with that being said, there's an opportunity here, and you talked about it earlier, with that offensive line and Najee Harris. So with all of that being said, let's go ahead and pick the score of this game. Run the damn rock, Matt Canada, right? That's got, that's, come on, that's got to be the thing. So I, if the Steelers can run the football and control the clock, then they've got a chance. You know, then they've got a chance. If they can't do that, LA's going to win. But, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they managed to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Steelers. I, I, initially, when you and I talked two weeks ago, I said, oh, this is a loss. But then I, then coming off the Detroit game, I don't know. You just have just to kind of have a funky way of leveling itself out. So I'm going to pick the Steelers uh, 24-23 in a really close game. All right. I'm going to be more pessimistic just because I've been so optimistic and I'm so wrong with everything with the score when I'm saying, hey, they're going to beat them by 14 points and they tie or they barely win by two against the Bears. So I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to go with the Steelers and the points being six and a half. But we're going to go ahead and say Los Angeles 30 Steelers 24. And I'm sorry to do that. And I'm sure we will get some we will get some emails saying that how can you pick against the Steelers? Uh, what kind of fan are you? I'm just I have a platform. I've got to do it, and I'm going with uh, I'm just going with that strategy this week. So forgive me, and once again, hope I'm wrong. And my my intellectual self agrees with you. You know, when I reason it all out, LA wins this game. The Steelers are so banged up, yada yada yada. LA wins this game, but. It just, I just can't figure the Steelers out. I can't. And so if I feel like maybe they're not going to play well this week, then they're probably going to play well. So, <laughs> and we've seen this movie before with the Steelers yeah. playing well. 
So yeah. thanks so much, Kevin. Good luck in the game on Friday night this weekend. Are we, man, I cannot wait for an update. And I will be checking my phone. I will be checking uh, YouTube to see your team play. And best wishes to you. And also, once again, best wishes to the Richland Rams of Johnstown, PA, as they take on Forest Hills this weekend. So thank you for Kevin. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Get ready to check out a fun game in sunny California. And let's hope the Steelers break that jinx. That'll be great. So grab that terrible towel and start rooting.